Hello and welcome to Tarot Bites. I'm Teresa Reed, the Tarot Lady. I'm the author of the Tarot Coloring Book and the co-author of Tarot for Troubled Times. I'm also your host for this podcast series. This is episode 127 of Tarot Bites, the podcast where I dish out short, entertaining, bite-sized lessons on how to read tarot. And for today's topic, um, our episode is about tarot and timing. And I'm speaking with my good friend, Al Juarez of Al's Tarot. Hello, Al. Hello, Teresa. I'm so excited to be talking to you because A, anytime we get two Geminis in the, uh, the same room, it's awesome. And also, I've known you for so, so long. We've had a 30-year friendship and work together. And it's just really nice to introduce people to your work because I think you're such a star. Oh, thank you so much. I so appreciate that. And truly, 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 um, I do want to express that I wouldn't be anywhere near as far as I am in my business if it hadn't been for you, because you have been my mentor. You've been my friend. So I don't know if I've coined this phrase, but you are my friend tour. Oh. And, <laughs> and so um, I've learned so much and have accomplished so much because of you. So thank you so much for giving me the chance to be here with you and, and talk about um, our topic today. Well, thank you. But also, I want to I say something to you. you know, um, yes, I've mentored you, but you know, even an old dog can learn new tricks. And one of the reasons why I wanted to talk to you about this topic is you re recently taught a class and you led a roundtable at the Reader Studio Tarot Conference about timing. And they were excellent, by the way. And I learned some things from you. And so you can teach an old dog new tricks. And I thought your timing methods were really uh, interesting and um, something I think a lot of tarot readers struggle with. So what I really want to start out with first um, is asking you, why do you think people are terrified of, of doing timing in tarot? Uh, well, thank you so much. I did enjoy teaching that class, and the uh, the discussion group was absolutely awesome. I loved it. Everybody's energy was amazing. Um, to get to your question, I think people have a trouble with timing, um, quite frankly, because I think they don't want to be wrong. Mm -hmm. And we're, you know, as readers, we talk to our clients, we talk to the people that we help, and we give wonderful messages. We give awesome readings. But rarely have I seen people tackle the topic of time. Uh, my thing always is, is we give such great readings to these people. But when is all of this going to happen? It's amazing. It's wonderful what you said. But when, when, when? And so I like timing because it gives another level. And it gives your client or, your, or the person you're helping more to work with. Um, and sometimes like uh, a goal and, a, and, and, and an ending hope. Yes, I think sometimes if you have even just a general time frame of something um, in anything in life, if you have a time frame of when something could happen or when something's going on, um, I think you have a better idea then of, of your role in events and what you can do in order to make things happen. Exactly. I agree. Um, it gives people the idea that sometimes maybe even I have so much time to work and I can I can work on getting my things, my end done in order for me to achieve the goal. And it, sometimes timing definitely plays a big factor in that. Well, it's kind of like when my um, book publisher gave me a deadline. Well, now I know I've got six months to get this stuff done. And it happened. You know, of course, I could have slacked off and, and changed the fate, but it's really nice when you have that little framework because, again, it gives you something to look forward to. It gives you 
an opportunity, especially if you're being very proactive with your reading, to work towards that goal or to be aware of when something might be happening that you could maybe need to pay attention to. So I, I think it's really helpful. And I agree with you. I think people are afraid of being wrong. And one thing I love to say for people when they're new readers, you're going to be wrong. Just like a weatherman, you are going to be wrong. Just like the people who predicted the last election with all those fancy stats, they were wrong. You're going exactly. to be wrong at sometimes, and there's nothing wrong with that. This is not foolproof. It's not something that's 100% guarantee. And I always say for people, if you're coming to a tarot reader and you want 100% guarantee for your life, you know, that's not the way life works. The only one who's 100% guaranteed for how your life is going to go is you. Completely agreed. Um, I do think that people come to readers expecting that everything is written in stone. And whether whether the reading that uh, someone gets is time-related or not, any tiny little fragment can completely change the outcome. And I also agree with the fact that uh, me, as the person getting the reading, um, I'm completely in charge of how that works. Mm -hmm. And so if somebody gives me a timeline, I'm kind of like you in a lot of ways. I know you're a workhorse and you like to get your stuff done. I'm the same way. And so with me adding timing to my readings for my people, um, it does give them that opportunity to really get in there and affect how things are going to happen and hopefully maybe even make things happen a lot sooner than what we discuss in the session. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you're known as being really accurate for your timing techniques. So, you know, let's talk for just one moment about accuracy. Okay. Um, what are your thoughts about accuracy? I mean, do you, how often, I mean, how accurate do you think most readers can be in general when we talk about timing? Honestly, I think readers could be absolutely phenomenal when it comes to timing. Um, the, the thing I think that people miss as a reader is that trust. That self-trust, trusting that gut, trusting that instinct in the course of the reading. Um, I have a formula that I like to follow, and that has really suited me well. And I think as a result of that, that is why people do come to me um, and repeatedly come is because I'm really good at my timing. And that just seems to be one of the, um, one of the tools that kind of like helps me do good work. Yeah. Uh, but I think people as in general readers, they could be awesome for timing. It's just that trust factor. Yeah. And you got to really trust your gut on it and trust your methods. So speaking of methods, let's talk about your techniques. Uh, let's talk about your techniques with the major arcana. How do you find timing with the major arcana? Purely, I go by image. Truly, truly, truly. Um, if you take the Fool card, for example, that's our first card in the ter in the Major Arcanas, and the sun is shining. There's a big, beautiful yellow uh, background, but there's also mountains with snow-covered caps. And so when I look at the Fool card, um, because of the description, I immediately think January, because it's new, it's fresh, beginning of the year. Um, I also think summertime because of the yellow background and the, the bright beaming sun. Um, and for me, a lot of times if I'm thinking like maybe a holiday, I'll think New Year's Day. Um, you know, summer picnics. So that's how I kind of use the tarot uh, when I'm working on timing. It's purely depiction uh, or it's purely the picture. And that's where I get a lot of my feeling for the time frames. I love that because I'm a visual person too. And, you know, sometimes I'll look at certain things in the major arcana 
um, like the fool and see visual images or cues or clues or whatever you want to call it that really give an idea of when the timing may be coming. And the other thing I like to do with the major arcana is I, of course, you know, I'm an astrologer. Uh, I like to make it work with astrology and I use the golden dawn astrology thing. So for example, the emperor is related to Aries. So right. for me, that's always like the end of March or April. I think that's another technique that people can use really well. Astrology, when you add that as an extra layer on top of the tarot, makes perfect sense, especially when you're trying to figure out time. And your example of the emperor card is right on target. So, so you would look for, let's say, let me give a couple examples for people. So you look for things like clues in the weather in the image or around holidays. So let's say, what about... Um, the devil card, what holiday would you associate that with? That one's fun. And it's it's fun for two reasons. Um, I kind of giggle because I'm just, it's it's just a little bit of high energy for me. But I look at the devil card and I love to see the expression on people's faces when that pops up. They instantly have reaction. Um, so that's kind of a little bit fun for me and a little bit on a darker twisted humor side. But uh, when I look, think of the devil card, I immediately think Halloween. Ah. I immediately think of midnight. I immediately think of the of um, maybe like, and I know this might be a little bit heavy, but moments of despair. Okay. And so when those moments come, um, the Halloween, midnight, um, the number for uh, the devil card is 15. So you could break, take that one and that four or that one and that five and break it down to four. Um, a lot of times with the devil card, that is, um, heavy duty. Sometimes it is our master. Okay. And so I like to think of that a little equal to the emperor card and think that could be authority. And then that brings me to April. So it just depends on how you work that card and the images that pop up. The numerology on the cards definitely make a big difference. Sure. And of course, the sun would probably be a no brainer. That would be summer, right? Exactly. Fun time, family, summer. Um, a lot of times that could be if you're looking at um, like a woman who's having a baby, because that a lot of times the sun card can be uh, about children. Maybe that might be when the mother is going to have uh, birth her child. Mm -hmm. That's or maybe that could be when conception happens. What about uh, the yes. moon then? Is the, because the moon, of course, is different than the sun. So what might be a timing technique for that? I look at the moon card and I know this might sound a little bit oh, stepping bounds, but um, sometimes that can be a female cycle. As far as anatomy is concerned, biology, female cycle, uh, that can also mean um, nighttime, twilight. That can also mean when you are um, trusting instincts. So I, I like to say instincts brings me back to uh, the uh, high priestess, which is March for me. Um, so you can kind of put, you, it depends on how you put things together, but you can put them together. It just takes a little bit of juggling, but you can make it work. Right. And do you think it's really important for people also to kind of figure out their own meanings based on what the images mean to them? Exactly. That was that was a big part of my class. I gave everybody in the class a, a my guidelines, how I view things. And everybody works with a different deck of tarot cards. So we both talked about the idea of being visual. And that's where I get a lot of my picture or get a lot of my ideas for the time frames. But not all tarot decks are the same. Mm -hmm. Images are completely different. They're worlds apart. And so my way is a base. 
But for you, Teresa, maybe you might look at a, at a tarot deck and think, you know, that doesn't ring a bell for me, but it does make me feel like something else. Maybe my idea of summer might be your idea of winter, might yeah. be your idea of autumn. And so people can definitely adapt my my guidelines to themselves. And then again, you're going off your own instincts, you're going off your own reactions. And it's totally, it totally becomes your thing. Yeah. And it's kind of like, you know, you've got to pick the deck that you love, the deck that resonates. And then you have to also really figure out what those images mean to you. Exactly. Um, I did teach one class and there was, there was separate from the reader studio that I got to do, which was so exciting. But everybody came up with their own images off the same card mm -hmm. and they all got different time frames. And that's what it's about. You taking the one image, following following a guideline, and then coming up with your own instinctive time frames. It's kind of like when you're interpreting tarot too. You know, exactly. there, there are like standard meanings, like the Ace of Pentacles, as you and I both know, it's the beginning of uh, a new money-making venture. But you might find that you're drawn to something like maybe the path there, and it could mean for you, you're getting on the right path. Or maybe you see that garden, you think about abundance and things being really lush. So everybody's going to have something that feels right to them. And we cannot get too married to one system. We have to find the system that really makes sense for us. Exactly. Uh, that bounces me back to your statement of, I taught you something new. Mm -hmm. In the course of the classes that I talked with, uh, I talked with people about the timing, they taught me things too, and showed me things in the tarot that I might not have equated to timeframes. And so it is definitely a growing learning and morphing um, phenomena for me. Yeah, well, that's one thing with tarot. You know, I always learn new things. I'm, I like to say I'm an old dog, um, but it's really wonderful to go to things like a conference or to take a class or even to sometimes get a reading from someone else. And I see them doing something like, oh my God, I never thought about that. Holy cats. So I love that. Let's talk about the minor arcana. You okay. know, so what about timing with the minor arcana? Give me a couple examples. Sure. Um, perfect example would be, um, we talked about the pentacle cards. For me, those bring summer to mind as far as time frame is concerned. Uh, and the reason for that is because quite frankly, the pentacles look like little balls of sunshine. I love and, that. And, the, um, and the, the backgrounds on a lot of the pentacle cards are very light and very airy and very summery feeling. Um, on the same token, the pentacle cards uh, make me feel like uh, months as far as a time frame is concerned, days, weeks, months, years. It brings me to months because us in Wisconsin, we only get a precious few months to celebrate summer. And those, those sometimes that wonderful, beautiful weather goes by in as fast as a month. And that's, that's where I get that time frame from. Um, I think if we bounce to cups, Cups, a lot of people might agree, could be springtime because there's a lot of flowing water in the springtime. And, uh, you know, the snow is melting and everything gets to, you know, come to life and it's very green and very flowing. And I equate cup cards to days mm. because we both are aware of the fact that cups are tend to be about the emotions. And your emotions change from day to day. And that's why the cup cards equal a day time frame for me. Um, if you get the three of cups, well, chances are, Teresa, you're going to get some good news in a three-day time frame and something that you get a chance to celebrate. 
So that's kind of how the minors work for me. Um, I equate the uh, the wands cards to autumn, quite frankly, because they look like tree branches with leaves hanging on them. And if you think about a lot of them, the, the leaves on the branches, wands, are sparse. Mm -hmm. That brings me to autumn because we lose leaves in the autumn. Um, I feel like the uh, uh, we, wands end up being weeks because in the autumn, Everything changes from week to week, less leaves, cooler temperatures, less light. Um, and finally, last uh, but not least, the Ace of Swords. The swords bring winter to mind. And I get winter because a lot of the imagery is cold and it's distant and it's hard. A lot of times like winter can be. Um, I equate the swords to years because Again, us being Wisconsinites, and I know people have it worse than we do, but winter lasts a whole year here. And of course, quite literally, it doesn't. But it certainly does feel that way. And so I put, um, I, for me, I put swords under, winter, uh, I put swords under years. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, you can, now after even having said all of that, again, you got to go with your intuition. Um, I, I equated swords to, to years. And I did have a lady that I spoke with, um, and she asked about her uncle, and her uncle was ill, and the Three of Swords pop up, and immediately that can bring a, a definite image uh -huh. or a definite, a definite conclusion as to where this might go. I didn't want to be dark because I knew she was already in a state, so what I did mention to her was for the next three weeks, because it was the Three of Swords, and I'm going off my intuitions versus going off of my... Uh, guideline, I said, for the next three weeks, spend as much time with your uncle as you can. Give him as much love, give him as much attention as possible. And then she said, why? And I said, well, just, just go do that. Go spend time with him and go give him as much love over the next three weeks as you can. Well, sadly, she didn't get a chance to spend that full time with him, but she got the last week in. And they spent an awesome week together. They, um, they, had, they had as much loving time as possible. And her uncle was able to pass and transition into spirit world knowing her love for him. And it was on that third week that 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 transition came for her for she and her uncle. So there, my guideline is years for swords, but my instinct said three weeks. Yes. And that's not, you know, that's that if, if I follow just my pattern, that's not where I would have went. Mm -hmm. And of course, nobody hangs on to nobody hangs on to a lot of grave illnesses for three years, right? Unless they're really stubborn, you know, which can happen. But that's which is true. I agree. That's really brilliant advice about you know having a framework, uh, but being willing to go with your gut. You know, one of the frameworks that I go with for um, the miners is again all based on astrology, and the Ace of Wands for me is the spring, the wands are springtime because the ace of wands uh, correlates to Aries, which is the, the solstice, the spring Got solstice. Um, and, you know, uh, the next one would be cups and the next solstice is cancer. So cancer starts the summer solstice. Gotcha. And I do um, swords for fall because Libra starts the fall solstice and pentacles for winter because uh, Capricorn starts the winter solstice, so it's all the cardinal signs. That's a technique, but there's also times where I don't feel it. I feel something different. 
Okay. And like you, I'm going to go with my gut. If I feel, you know what, this feels like it's happening quicker. It's not springtime. Forget it. It feels like it's quicker. This feels more urgent. I may find other clues in the cards that tell people that. So I'm, I'm very much with you on that gut thing. Well, and, and honestly, you, truly, if you trust your gut instinct, nine times out of 10, you're going to be right on target. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then again, you know, like that when we bounced er, uh, from the uh, sentence earlier about people being afraid to be wrong. Yeah. Um, if you trust your instincts, you're pretty much going to be okay. But, you know, there is that there is that chance that no matter what you say, the person receiving your message can change anything. So the timing sometimes may not work out the way we thought it was, even with your astrology being a tool on top of your tarot or my guidelines yeah. being a tool on top of my tarot. Um, so things can always change, but uh, but it is it is about trusting your gut. So what is your advice then when you get the timing totally wrong and let's say someone's mad Ooh, or disappointed? That has happened. Yeah. <laughs> that has happened for me. Um, you know, people, people have, um, people have um, mm, I've got it wrong quite frankly. And um, the only thing I can do at that point truly is apologize. And I do over the course of my reading with someone, I state specifically, this is this card means this, this is where I'm getting this, this is why I'm getting this feeling. This is where I'm getting my time frame from. So I do thoroughly explain everything when I'm mm-hmm. sitting with someone, and they're getting a reading with me. Um, and so to me, I, I just, I'm, I'm sorry, I was, I was off. I, you know, we did talk about it. I showed you what was there and, and it made sense, but you know, some things, you know, things just change and, you know, um, whether that's me or whether that's the person getting the reading or whether that's somebody in their world that is uh, influential in the time factor. Right. But I, I, I apologize. I, I let them know, um, Let's try to make things better. I'll try and be more precise for you. But again, timing is a thing that is affected by numerous factors. Yeah. And sometimes you just can't help but be wrong. And Absolutely. then apology is the only thing I think that um, that me as a reader can offer my my the person sitting with me. Now, granted, of course, it doesn't um, fix how things have yeah. occurred if there have been missteps and uh, missteps off of my information or, or my reading. Um, but I just try to be more in tune with who I am and be better grounded and just feel more secure with my intuitions and, and really try to trust what I'm doing. And the other thing is too, we can learn from it too. You know, if you botch a timing, you can maybe look back and look at the cards you pulled. If you want to go back and do that. I mean, sure. not many of us have time to do that. And you could maybe start to see where the timing could have been something else. Like, let's say you pull the five of pentacles and you see it as a, as a winter time. Now, you, of course, see pentacles as summer. And let's say in winter things don't happen. But later in the summer, the next summer, things start to come to fruition. You might be able to look back and see those golden coins, that sun shape, so to speak. And maybe that winter scene wasn't what you thought it was. Exactly. And, you know, that's good that you pick up the five of pentacles because it can be both things that is a very wintry scene Uh um it is a very dark scene and so that would make me think winter because sometimes that's how i view it but with those pentacle cards definitely uh, you know i might think summertime as well so yeah you could go back and forth and i think you're right about the idea of learning from my mistake learning to uh tune into that card just a little bit more to be able to try to pinpoint the timing just a little bit better and uh, move forward from there and learn my lesson. 
And I think that's so important for tarot readers to really hear this, that you're going to make mistakes, especially early on in your career. And you can't look at that as, oh my God, this is an epic fail. What you have to look at it is as a learning experience. And you never, ever stop learning with these mystical arts, whether you're studying tarot or astrology, you can keep learning. You're going to learn. And you're sometimes going to learn from a reading you do, from a class you take, from something you read. And you have to remain open to learning, always. I, I'm in complete agreement. And I have to thank you for uh, bringing me to the, the Reader Studio Tarot Conference because I've got, this is, I just completed my fifth year. I have learned so much. I have um, broadened so many horizons. And the better part of that is I have made so many new connections with people who view things from a different perspective. And the timing that p other people come up with and how they got there is awesome for me. Yeah. I get to broaden my timing factors. I get to learn from other people and I get to see things from a completely different perspective. And even when, um, even listening to you right here, right now, I never saw timing or I never saw pentacles as winter cards, but listening to your astrology and how you map that out, it makes perfect sense to me. And I get that. So, I mean, it is always learning. You're always moving forward. You're always absorbing more. Yep. And it's, you know, the tarot cards have archetypes, they have visual cues. And sometimes to one person, it means one thing and to another person, it means another thing. So it really is important for tarot readers to learn from other tarot readers and not get so hung up on our own stuff either, that we think we are only right. And that's why I really enjoyed sitting in on your class because I walked away and I wasn't able to sit on the whole thing because I got sick, unfortunately. But uh, I got the handout, I got the information and, and your talk at the round table. I thought, holy cats, this is some good stuff for me to be thinking about. So I really appreciate that. Oh, you're welcome. I I was um, kind of um, shocked that like, oh my God, Teresa Reed's in my class. What am I going to do? Ah. So it, 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 it giddily threw me, but I did. I, I loved seeing your face. I looked up, I saw you and I'm like, <gasps> Teresa Reed's here, yay! And at the same time, like, OMG! Um, but it was it, it was amazing, and I had so much fun. And the roundtable discussion group that I got to be a part of and lead was, it was, for me, it was epic, because there was so much information and so many people who, who use timing, and their way of doing it was completely different from mine. And it was completely yeah. different from yours, being astrology-based. And then, on the other side of the spectrum, People who never touch timing, they don't want to be a part of that. They have nothing to do with it. They don't want that to be a part of their thing. And I liked that idea because it works for me. And, and you, you, have, you have your method and it works for you that way. But I love the idea that some people don't even want to touch it. I know. I that, found it fascinating. That's good. And, that's, you know, that's a good thing. I'm sorry. No, but that's okay. Uh, I, I'm just agreeing with you because we all have our different ways of doing things and it's just really fascinating. We could do a whole class on, or a whole uh, episode on everybody's different tarot opinions. And I think that would be a fun one to do in the future. Oh, that would be awesome. So, you know, speaking of timing, our time now is coming to a close. been pressuring him. So um, that's something I, I really would like to see happen. Uh, also, Al's all over social media. You can just look for Al's Tarot on Instagram, on Facebook, and of course on Twitter. So I suggest you follow him. You're going to learn a lot. And Al's just awesome. 
And that wraps up this episode of Tarot Bites. You can check out lots more tarot goodness on my website, thetarolady.com. I've got free tarot and astrology lessons, the tarot coloring book, hundreds of blog posts, astrological forecasts, and lots of other good things for you to scope out and enjoy. Thanks again for listening. Have a beautiful day. And hey, if you're enjoying this podcast, do me a favor. Head over to iTunes and leave a kind review because that's going to help more tarot curious people find their way to tarot bites. And as always, I like to close out by saying, pay close attention to your intuition throughout your day and let it guide you into making brave, excellent choices. Remember that you are always in the driver's seat of your life. You are in charge of your decisions, your plans, the action steps that you take or don't take. You're the boss. And if you don't like where your life is headed right now, you can change that. Nothing is ever fixed in stone. The tarot cards tell a story, but you write the ending. <laughs>